the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. We are back with another edition of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. I'm Michael Fields, and today I'm joined uh, by the Douglas County Assessor, Lisa Frizzell. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Lisa. Thank you for having me, Michael. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you on. You know, I'm a Doug Co. resident, so I care a lot about what happens in our county here. Uh, And, you know, I'm somebody who got very interested in property taxes over the last few years. And you're one of the experts uh, that everybody talks to, including me. And so I wanted to get you on uh, our podcast here to talk a little bit about property taxes. We know that, you know, housing and housing costs and all these different things are a huge issue here in Colorado right now. But I guess you've been assessor for a couple terms now. I'm wondering how uh, how that's been as assessor, you know, what have you gone through and learned uh, as the assessor here in Dugco? Well, I've, I've actually been in the office for over 24 years. So I've seen a lot of change in Douglas County. I grew up here in Douglas County. My parents moved here back in the early 70s when there were about 10,000 people in the entire county. And so to say that the changes in Douglas County have been remarkable is, is an understatement. Um, That said, over the last 24 years, we've seen our housing market, I've seen uh, booms and busts both, and uh, certainly one of the most challenging times from a real estate perspective was uh, during the Great Recession. Here in Douglas County and in the metro area, we didn't see some of the extraordinary declines that were experienced in other places around the country, like, you know, Phoenix or Las Vegas, where they, it was truly, truly a bust. But we, we definitely saw a market that was driven by foreclosures in some areas of the county. And we definitely saw about 10% decline in value through the Great Recession. Um, That said, since we've come out of the recession, And since I was elected assessor about eight years ago, we have seen, in my experience, almost record-setting increases year over year over year. And now, over the last two years, we have, um, I've never experienced any market like this in in my tenure here. How, like how big of an increase are we talking percentage-wise? You know, you talked about the uh, recession, you know, back 2008, that area, um, and, and, you know, the 10% downturn. We're also kind of almost, you know, to a recession economic downturn a little bit in our country, but we haven't seen that in the housing market. And as you said, even over the last couple of years, we've seen an increase. How big is that increase that we're talking? Uh, in Douglas County, we're seeing about a 50% increase. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So as we see that increase, we're also talking, you know, property taxes are going up and they, you know, lag a little bit behind because you have these assessments. Mm-hmm. But is that the kind of increase that we're going to see over these next few years in terms of property taxes, too? 
It absolutely is. So in Colorado, assessors revalue property in their jurisdiction every two years in odd numbered years. And so, of course, the next revaluation is in next year in 2023. State's law really dictates everything that the assessors are able to do and what they have to do. And even down to the appraisal date by which we set value. And so for the 2023 revaluation, the appraisal date was June 30th of 2022. It was just a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So the market that you essentially see today is what you're what is going to be reflected on your notice of value. And truly, you know, when I say a 50% increase, houses that were selling for 500,000 in you know, two years ago are now selling for about 750,000. That's, that's that 50% increase. And anybody who has had a house go on the market for the couple of hours that maybe it stayed on the market over the last couple of years, well, you know, I'm sure you have responded the same way I have is I've just you know, scratched my head and say, wow, I uh, can't believe somebody's paying that for that house. Um, but this is the reality that we have to deal with. So current law says that assessors have to value at 100% of market. Mm -hmm. And we are audited on the quality of our values. And there, there is a range in there. Uh, the auditor looks to make sure that we're valuing property between uh, it's called a sales ratio, but this, the ratio has to be between 0.95 of market and up to 1.05% of market. So it's, it's pretty much set in stone as far as statute goes. We do have that little bit of wiggle room. And here in Douglas County, we tend to value property at 97.5% of market. Yeah, and I'm thinking about, you know, that increase you're talking about over the last few years, that 50% increase, somebody might have had a $500,000 house, now it's $750,000. Um, and then think about people, you know, who are on fixed incomes, who've had their, their house for a while, people that, you know, now have to pay those increased property taxes because of that. You know, I think th thinking about, and people that are renting too, right, if a value of a property goes up, um, rent's going to go up too, but I guess, who do you see, you know, these large increases impacting at least on the property tax side? So if, if you live in Denver, mm -hmm. um, you're not going to experience the pain quite as much. So there are, I think it's important to back up and identify the, the three components of property tax. So if you are calculating property tax, you're actual value of your home is one, and that's the value that's set by the assessor. Right. You multiply that value times the appropriate assessment rate. The assessment rate, since Gallagher was repealed two years ago, the assessment rates are essentially set by the legislature. Mm -hmm. So we have a residential assessment rate, and we have a couple of other different assessment rates for different property types. But that has been led more by the state legislature in the last two years. So you multiply the actual value times the assessment rate, and that gets you to your assessed value. Then you multiply the assessed value times your mill levy. And the mill levy is the total levy. It's the, it's the summation of all the levies of the taxing entities that provide services to your property. So that would be the maybe a water and sanitation district, a metro district, school district, fire protection, that sort of thing. 
So all of those mill levies are added together and that's how you arrive at your property tax amount. So Tabor, which was enacted back in 1992, puts revenue limitations on taxing entities. That said, many taxing entities, especially in Douglas County, have done what we call debrucing, means that they have decoupled themselves from Tabor limitations to revenue so that they don't have to, uh, they, they can't, their, their budget is whatever they want it to be. They can increase their budget, their revenues, if their revenues increase, they can just keep that money. That's essentially what that means, just very 50,000 level view. But um, in some of the older areas like Denver, city and county of Denver, many of their taxing entities, first, they have fewer of them because the city provides so many services. But second, there are very few entity taxing entities that have debruced. Here in Douglas County, we have uh, the predominant number of our metro districts have debruced. So if, if you have... Uh, if you live in a house that was built any time after, say, 1995, you probably are in an area that has uh, um, higher mill levies, first of all. The metro districts have higher mill levies, and second, they probably debruced. Um, the big exception to that would be Highlands Ranch, because Highlands Ranch Metro um, is still subject to table limitations, and they've been really good about lowering their mill levy. But that said, if you if it's an if it's a taxing entity that has debruced, that means that they don't have to lower their mill levy when property values increase. You brought up you know the Gallagher repeal, the Gallagher amendment that we had for a lot of years, and you know obviously that had an impact because you can you know it, it used to basically. Uh, ensure that residential didn't, you know, skyrocket at a certain point, and it did put more pressure on businesses, which was not a good thing. But I guess what what do you see as the impact of that repeal of Gallagher, given the fact that you're talking about these huge increases that are happening right now in terms of values? Well, the, one of the things that it did, and and one of the things that it was intended to to, to do, was to freeze the residential assessment rate. There was a sentiment, um, not universally held, but, but held by enough people, especially in the non-metro counties, that the residential assessment rate was ratcheting down too low mm -hmm. and that services would not be um, funded. So you're, if you are in Yuma County and your library district doesn't have enough um, funding through property tax to keep the lights on, then, then they would have, that would create some issues. So they'd either have to go to their voters and increase their mill levy, which is absolutely an option, mm -hmm. um, or have to cut services. So that, that was one of the big impetus be behind the Gallagher repeal because they, want, they didn't want the residential assessment rate to go down further. That said, um, two years ago, or it's actually a year ago now, um, there was a legislative effort to that lowered the mill levy a little. There, I'm sorry, lowered the residential assessment rate just a little bit. I think it was two and a half percent, and um, for a certain time frame. So it was kind of a nod to, yeah, we know we know residential property values are really going up a lot. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and lower this down. Um, the reality was is that that 
it was not enough. If, even if you look at the 2021 revaluation, we saw property values increase between 10 and 15% for residential property. And things kind of leveled off, but, and, which was great, but that um, two and a half percent did not offset that increase. And so we did see property taxes increase even as a result, even, even though they implemented this particular legislation. This session, there was another effort to further lower the res rate, but it was only by about 3%. So, and again, it's for a short period of time. So these are band-aid mechanisms, but I promise you that a five and a half percent, which is what we're looking at overall at between these two bills, yeah. um, that five and a half percent reduction in the res rate is not going to even begin to scratch the surface in a 50% increase in property value. Yeah. So you think about, and you mentioned this, you know, the library uh, district in a certain area or schools, very important. There's a lot of local services that are very important that property taxes help fund. I guess, how do you find the balance between, you know, not having skyrocketing 20, 25% increases, um, but also have enough for, for local services to make sure that, you know, the stuff that we all enjoy using and, you know, we want our schools mm -hmm. to be good, everything else. Um, how, do, how do you find that balance? That's a great question. It is, it's a difficult thing to decide. And one, one thing that I think is really best left, left up to the voters. Hmm. I do believe that folks should be able to decide the quality of services that they receive in their community. We see that with mill levy overrides for schools, that, that happens all the time, where a school district or, or the, the residents of a school district say, you know what, we need to build some, some new schools or we need uh, to improve, improve our school's infrastructure or teacher pay, mm -hmm. and they will vote for or against a mill levy override, and that money goes directly to, stays directly in that school district. I think it's really empowering. And that's one of the most important things about property taxes is they are local, they're local taxes. And so you can be the master of your own destiny if you want to be. So I, I'm, I don't, it, it is difficult when, when talking about a, a, an assessment rate that is applied statewide and I feel that broad brushing our various real estate markets, because our real estate market in the Denver metro area is very different from the real estate market in Alamosa. And we shouldn't compare apples to oranges. Yeah. And that's essentially what having a single residential assessment rate does. Um, is a variable assessment rate an option it absolutely is but that's again going to have to be voted on i think by by the good people of the state of colorado overall we really need to dig deep on how we tax our property in in colorado our current system is very broken in my opinion anyway i think it's broken and it's been picked apart over years and years of um, the legislature and uh, other folks picking winners and losers. So, um, you know, because you're a commercial property owner, you pay more. Because you are a vacant landowner, you pay more. You pay a higher tax rate than, than other people. I don't necessarily think that that's um, equitable. So do I have all the answers? No, I don't. But there are a lot of good, um, there's a lot of good systems out there. And I know, and I have a great deal of confidence in the people of Colorado and people with bigger brains than me 
that we can come up with some good solutions. Have, you know, capping, capping the amount that uh, taxes can increase, I think is a good place to start because the reality is, is if you have unlimited tax increases, which is essentially what we are currently looking at, that just serves to grow government. Mm -hmm. That, because the money is going to go to the government and they're going to spend it. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, you had so many great points in there and you're somebody who's probably going to be uh, down at the Capitol of the legislature next year. And I guess, so what you would say, maybe a cap would be the most important first step or what would you say the first step? You know, I agree that it should be uh, you know, they shouldn't have one assessment rate across the state when you have different markets. Uh, I agree that there should be some kind of cap. But, you know, if you're down at the Capitol and you can push, you know, one bill, and I think you're going to be a leader on this issue because of your expertise, uh, what would it be? I, I think that the first thing we have to do is, and, and it is immediate, is it, we have got to cap um, tax increases, and it has to start in 2023 taxes payable in 2024. I, in my opinion, that is job number one um, for, for this legislative session. Otherwise, we will have people in this state who are seeing 50% tax increases. And um, I, I, don't, I don't believe the government needs to grow by that much. Yeah, no, I agree. And I guess for last, last question is just, if you had one takeaway for the people listening, about this whole issue, about you know your time as assessor, what you're seeing, the increases, uh, property taxes, et cetera. If you had one takeaway for everybody, what would it be? Um, for me, it is at, please educate. I want I always want people to educate themselves on their their particular market. What's going on in your neighborhood? And it's not. I'm not trying to pass the buck, but you know it's it's really easy to shoot the messenger. And the assessor is is not your enemy. The assessor is here to serve and to do a job. And that job is to support local government services and the funding of those services. That's our job. That said, um, you know, all assessors want their values to be correct, fair, and equitable. And that is, that's our goal. That's our job. And um, this, it, there's nothing, nothing acrimonious about it. We mass appraise and we try to get it right as much as possible. And we do a really, really, really good job, but there are always going to be particular situations that um, are, are more challenging than others. And so, you know, do your homework, make sure you understand the market in your neighborhood, the sales that have occurred and um, be uh, informed about the process. Well, Lisa, thanks for joining us. I think it was very informative for people. I agree. Education is so important. Understanding, you know, where taxes go, how the system works, everything else it is complicated in Colorado. But I think the more that people uh, educate themselves on it, the more they can make better decisions about what they want to see out of government, et cetera. So thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you come back on in the future uh, as this issue is not going away. It's not, and um, I'm happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancecolorado.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.